Offering bundled products is quite simply one of the most important things you could do when running an online store. Bundles are so effective that it's one of the few things that's on every single product page on Amazon. Why? Because it works! The easiest way to add powerful and flexible bundle options to your store is the Bold Bundles app. It's become my favorite bundle app. I recently learned it's one of the few on Shopify that doesn't duplicate products or variants and doesn't rely on coupon codes either, so it doesn't mess up your inventory. Every store has a different idea of how they want to offer bundles. Bold Bundles can handle them all. It can do traditional group bundles, BOGO bundles, even no discount, you may also like bundles. The coolest thing though, at least according to me, is the combo product. Bold lets you create a virtual product that represents the bundle, so you can edit the product just like any other in your store, but when a customer adds it to the cart, Bold Bundles adds all the products in the bundle at whatever discount you set. It's seamless. So if you want to add bundles to your Shopify store and increase your average order value in the process, I highly recommend the Bold Bundles app. And as a listener of the unofficial Shopify podcast, Bold is offering it to you free for two months. Just go to kurtelster.com bold, and you can install it from there to get your exclusive offer. kurtelster.com bold. What's the number one customer support request you get? I bet it's, hey, where's my order? My friends at Ventov, makers of SEO Meta Manager, have a solution for this. It's called Order Lookup, and it lets customers look up their orders, right, good name, with either their email or order number, reducing the order inquiries you get in your inbox. We use it on our own high-volume Shopify Plus client stores like Hoonigan and Yvonne Stells to provide real-time order info to customers with a fully customizable order lookup page so you can keep that thing on brand. And hey, if you're a dropshipper, it even works with ePacket. You can get a seven-day free trial when you search order lookup in the App Store. Today on the unofficial Shopify podcast, we are talking themes, themes, themes. When do you update your theme? When do you switch your theme? How do you know what's best for your business? What are the ins and outs of themes on Shopify? Because this, probably more than any other choice with your online store, is the thing that merchants lose sleep at night over. That and those darn page speed scores. But to talk to me about it is Mr. Sean Campbell, project manager from Out of the Sandbox a phenomenal and experienced Shopify theme developer, Mr. Campbell. Thank you for joining us. Kurt, thanks for having me on the show and for those kind words. Uh, let's open with an icebreaker. Which theme is your baby? But now you've really run me through the gears here. They're all, they're all my babies, <laughs> so it's a tough one. But I'll tell you this, I grew up on support. And when I was on support for Out of the Sandbox, Retina was the latest and greatest theme. It had just won a design award. And when I close my eyes and I picture an online store, I see Retina in my mind's eye. I think that it is the classic best practice e-commerce style shop. Now, e-commerce has changed since Retina has come out. In that time, Turbo has become exceedingly popular. And as far as functionality goes, I can't say one bad thing about Turbo, it is just always staying a step ahead. I can't go online shopping without seeing Turbo or Turbo Styles wherever uh, wherever I have. That's to what's go. so amazing about Turbo is a like you go you shop online, you quickly learn to recognize Shopify stores, and then you start recognizing Turbo. 
And what's funny about it is this year, maybe like end of last year, I've started noticing, I'll go, oh, this is Shopify and Turbo. And then I'll hit view source and it's not even Shopify. It's like a completely different platform with a theme that looks suspiciously like Turbo. And so like the the success of stores running Turbo has inspired not just like has inspired merchants and developers on other platforms. That's wild. Like you're literally setting setting standards for the default best practice layout. You know how crazy that is? Like think about that's your impact. The standard setting aspect is probably the biggest compliment that we can take with us in the sense that not only are we looking to offer best practices, but we're also setting best practices by just how popular these themes become and that the user experience is correct. It's the right thing for online shopping. It is not necessarily specific to the product and that's why these things stick. And whether you're right, whether it's on another platform entirely or whether I go to check out a theme, I'm sure it's Turbo, but somebody has customized it to the degree where they've even taken out all of the little hints that there were Turbo style sheets in there or whatever it happened to be. Um, even when people are presenting a Turbo theme, some of them are looking to make it look like uh, look like their own and uh, we're happy for it. But with all of that, like we say, we recognize that Turbo header. It has become ubiquitous and that is almost the impetus for our most recent uh, theme, Flex, just celebrated its one-year birthday on August 7th, and it was all about presenting online stores where you had no idea what theme it was. We put Flex themes beside each other, and they have no similarities to each other. So that was trying to, in a sense, give a solution for how common we see the uh, the Turbo header. So we're happy to see where, uh, where Flex goes next. So as far as picking my favorite, it is... Uh, uh, I grew up on Retina. I cut my teeth on Turbo, and I can't wait to see what Flex does next. So those would be uh, those would be my top three babies. <laughs> the yeah, for sure. Like you're right about uh, Retina. Really, I think Retina and winning that design award, and I believe it was it was Whipping Post, wasn't that the merchant store that was That's running correct. it? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So the theme, yeah. in a sense built off of whipping posts so uh it was brad miller working at, on it at the time and he was creating the shopify site for whipping post while also creating the retina theme so a really ingenious way to create a theme when you have an actual storefront um that you're creating it for the oh absolutely it's because you're not just designing like with placeholders and everything just happens to work and fit right you need to be work designing around the messiness of real content right that makes um, it makes the themes more robust. But for sure, it's funny you mentioned that because like that's when Retina and Whipping Post and then Parallax. That was the time period where I figured out like, oh, not all themes are made alike, and certainly some theme developers and themes are better than others. And it was setting up uh, Parallax and, and Retina several times, and then going to other themes, and then God help me, like a Theme Forest theme. Oh, <laughs> um, where I went. Uh, eventually, we literally said, okay. No, we're like we, we literally will not work on a theme that is not from a um, a competent developer. Well, we appreciate we appreciate that, and I'll say that those products, Retina and Parallax, they are from the size of the company that Out of the Sandbox was at the time, staying scrappy and staying extremely nimble and responsive to support requests. We would be receiving any types of requests as far as functionality, as far as appearance, and we were very quick to be able to act on those things and make those themes into what merchants were shouting out for um and so to have those sort of slotted in to those uh to those needs really helped with their popularity then like you say for specific developers and agencies to continually turn to the same theme whenever they're looking to offer a solution for their client 
it just gives that agency and that developer that much more familiarity with how that theme is built and will give them that much more prowess for customizing it and for accomplishing their client's uh, vision as well. Oh, absolutely. In the, well, you're, you're speaking to the workflow we figured out through trial and error, right? Because e-commerce just is not that old and Shopify is not that old. So trying to figure out, um, so like a lot of us are, are learning as we go. I don't think anyone is, is truly an expert in e-commerce as a result. Um, but no, we were in that original position where it was like, use whatever theme or custom build a theme from scratch. And it did not take long before we got to a point where we used Turbo, knew Turbo, and understood like, all right, this has the most uh, configurability, flexibility, options, templates. So let's just, if we're going to build a custom theme, let's just build custom templates on top of that. And then we retain, if there's something we didn't design for, then we retain um, all of the, all of that pre-built work inside Turbo. Absolutely. Just the economy of, of using the same theme uh, from an agency's perspective, they impact numerous parts of that process. Whether you're providing a design for that client, well, design doesn't involve static mockups anymore. You can go ahead, configure some turbo settings and take a screenshot, and you're already ready to get an approval on, on your design. And whenever you're going to add some special functionality, you're not, in a sense, reinventing the wheel from scratch. You're not remaking your own framework. You're just figuring out a way to slot this functionality into an existing, an existing platform. And the more times you do that, the easier that it will be for your uh, subsequent clients. So I'd love to talk to agencies all day long. I think that <laughs> TurboFlex, these are products that um, have been widespread by all types of merchants, but we see so much traction with agencies uh, using them and reusing them. When did Turbo come out? Turbo, I think we were in 16. I think it was 2016. Okay. It was before um, Sections proper. What we see now is Sections. Right. So it was indeed redeveloped for um, the Sections platform, which involved sort of reconfiguring your uh, homepage. But that's, um, yeah, as those paradigm shifts happen with Shopify, we keep all of our themes up to date to uh, leverage them as best as possible. And I think that Turbo did an amazing job with those dot details templates. Oh, dot details. That was the thing where I went, whoa could talk all day about dot details, so don't get me started. All right, well, actually, <laughs> for, for someone who's not familiar or has not yet tried it, because it, the idea of like setting up a theme is hard enough, and then if you're new to it, starting to work into alternate page, product, collection, whatever templates can be intimidating. G give me the overview on when you say, oh, yeah, and that dot details template was like a silver bullet. J tell me about dot details for someone who's not familiar. I'd love to, and this is a... This is topical in varying amounts right now uh, because of the, we all know, the upcoming changes to the Shopify editor. It's that these changes, we're not exactly sure when they're going to land. We don't know exactly how they're going to look. Um, and they're looking to solve some problems that have been around on the platform for a little while and a problem that we've been looking to address. Are you referencing sections everywhere? I am, yeah. Or the new online store design experience, NOSD. I've also heard it referred to as new online store editor, NOSE. I quite like NOSE. <laughs> um, so exactly, that we do have this paradigm shifting editor in the pipeline, uh, exactly when it's going to come out. Uh, we just heard in the town hall last week that it's sort of back in the oven right now. Um, but we're, of course, keeping our ears on the ground for when that will happen. But so my next question after T Dales was going to be about sections everywhere. And you brought it up and I had just I had heard the, the news from the town hall. Tell me, you, like, what's the dream here with this new online store design experience? Nasdi, that's great. Uh, and sections everywhere. And uh, the 
the difficulty in, in wrangling everyone working on it, it sounds like. <laughs> I don't have a ton of insight to what's happening um, at Shopify in regards to the development. Um, it has been something we've been working on in tandem with Shopify for um, over a year now. Like it was announced at uh, Unite that was actually in real life in 2019. Um, and what we understand, I think what everybody on the platform understands is that merchants want more robust pages. They want pages to be a little bit more unique. Um, if we take a look at a product page right now, we've got a description field, one place that you can put unique content and information. People want more. They want more than just one box that they can describe their product and they want to be able to describe different products in different ways. They want to be able to make blog posts that are more than just a block of text. They want to make a page that is more than a block of text. They want to take the flexibility that they have on the homepage to be able to order and configure various types of sections on any page on the online store. Right now, those features that customization is only possible on the homepage. Internal pages have their own sets of settings, but not quite that same robustness of being able to move these sections around. So that is, I'd say, the high-level vision. Let's bring that capability that we have on the homepage to every page on the shop but let's also bring it to every product on the shop and every blog post on the shop. And when we start to talk about actually having unique page configurations for each product and for each blog post, we're talking about something that Shopify hasn't supported in the past. Um, we're talking about sort of major changes to not just how we configure the appearance of the store, but of how those products even build into that appearance. So it's I don't envy the task that Shopify has by any means. Um, and I can understand how it could go in various directions. And to get that in one solid direction that everybody all the way up the chain is happy with could be a ongoing challenge. Uh, so for now, what we know is that it is um, being investigated, that they're taking a deep look at what that next iteration will be. Uh, we don't have the developer previews to uh, work on them sort of anymore as they continue to work on it uh, behind the scenes. So the dream of sections everywhere is Shopify, the way it was described um, at the last two at Unite and Reunite, it sounds like they entirely separate style and substance, which in web development is ideal because it makes it way easier to upgrade themes um, and change themes. And so it sounded like, you know, all your, your content lives in its own area as part of like the theme or page editor. And then just as you have sections on your homepage or individual templates, those get a lot more powerful where you can like mix and match them and drop them into blog templates, et cetera. Um, it real it's like, it's the dream of this kind of this drag and drop fancy, much easier editor for merchants and web designers for rapid prototyping. That's pretty exciting. The, and I could see where uh, this, it would be absolutely maddening to try and develop that on this, this working platform because it, you're fundamentally changing your content management system to build it. And you're also then affecting all these partners. So certainly uh, Shopify gets criticism for uh, long feature development times, but they don't release things that are broken, right? They don't, uh, they don't release, they're not going to release a, a half-baked product. So I, while I'm yeah, like everybody else, I'm desperate for sections everywhere. I'm also willing to wait for them to, to get it right and accept that they, they know far better than I do when it when it's right. Well, that's a good take on it. And you're totally spot on that content portability component is not going to just make up 
updating your theme from one version to another that much easier, but also switching themes. You can go from one theme to another, and let's say the banner headline that you've got in your hero image, previously that would be stuck within the settings of your particular theme. Well, that's something that would port to another theme. So if you had a banner image in another theme, it could be a completely different style, but that same headline is going to be able to carry over from one to the other, which will be a nice uh, feature to have natively. Um, no, absolutely. Uh, all right, so now, since we don't get sections everywhere right now, and we don't know when it when it's coming, my next best option is messing with .deal details templates. Tell me what that is. You got it. So that same headline of let's take homepage sections and make them available on internal pages is the same headline for the .details templates. To be a little bit more specific, they're not technically sections, but something called content blocks. And what we've done is we've looked to replicate all of the homepage sections that we have, whether it's a banner image, image with text, testimonial section, featured product, there's a whole list, have all of those available on internal pages, whether that's your About Us page, where you want to have all these various fancy uh, graphics, various images, various pockets of text, or whether it's a product page where you can have a far more robust product description, you can even include other products for sale of your selection um, within that layout, whether it's the related products or another featured product within that product page layout. So just a way of hacking that template to be able to add various customizable uh, blocks. And these blocks can be sort of moved around. Uh, drag and drop is a is a way of saying it. We're really just configuring the order that they appear on the, on the page. And then each of those blocks have their own uh, settings where you can go in and configure those to make your product page or about us page look sort of as fancy and as long and as full as your homepage uh, may happen to be. So it's a great option in the interim. Uh, it's been the only way to create pages like that since the uh, sections roll out uh, before sections everywhere comes out. So we are very happy to provide that in all of our um, all of our themes and looking to keep making those .details templates uh, better until they are uh, obsolete and we can do it natively on the platform, which is our story. That is what we look for. We look for those opportunities right. where those problems are. We figure out what the hack is, what the solution is for now for merchants on Shopify. They uh, sing our praises and then within a few years it will get rolled into the uh, platform natively, hopefully a little bit better than the way that we've done it. But until then, uh, we're happy to provide these solutions. Well, really, I mean, those alternate page templates, like you, the, you made it sound like a janky hack. It's really not. It works really well. The only limitation to it is whatever content you apply in that template lives in the template. So if I apply dot details to five different pages, they will all get the exact same content. But there's an easy workaround. Um, if you are the tiniest bit comfortable messing with theme code, you could duplicate and rename the template, and then you can get unique .details templates going. You got it, Kurt. I almost stopped short of uh, providing the duplication instructions just to uh, keep the entire audience in mind, but you are right. Not only is it um, it's fairly easy with uh, those few steps, we have great documentation on how to duplicate these templates so that you can have multiple robust pages, you can have multiple products with unique robust extra information uh, below the regular product uh, layout. And uh, you're, you're right, Kurt. It's far from a hack. Our developers are uh, great at this. Um, compared to sections everywhere, we'll say that, that uh, it's not a native way of creating robust uh, pages. It is indeed unique to, unique to the themes. Oh, absolutely. And I will actually, um, I'll include a link to the, the help doc about using that page.details template 
Because if you're not, it's just a really easy way to, especially like an about page is probably the most common use. It's just a really um, easy way to to upgrade that thing. You got it. Uh, I have a disclaimer on that to do 10. If you're going, uh -oh. if you're going over 10 custom, I don't know. I think you could probably do quite a few more, but I like I've seen that in the yeah. the help doc. So what what's the limitation? Once you have enough of these um, unique templates, all of their configurations are kept in one file. It's the settings underscore data dot JSON file. Um, well, each one of these is going to add data to that file, and eventually that file will become too big for the editor to read. And the Shopify editor will hang when you try to open up a shop that has too many unique templates that all have specific settings also baked into them or applied to them. So whenever we see people go over that number of pages, we start to suggest that they look for a meta fields related solution. So to reach out to a developer Ooh, and getting... look for a way that you can get what whatever your custom template is that is going to have all of this unique information per product or per page, that might involve a slightly more robust solution um, with a different way of configuring those settings. And that would be through um, through meta fields. Is that, that's the way that you would have done this before the dot details templates and the dot details templates eventually cause this limitation with the file size. So that's why we've got that little disclaimer on there for you. You know, I'd always wondered that and I didn't know and I had yet to ever slam into the limitations. I just we've definitely done 25 and then have to rewind. That's why <laughs> I don't know that we've gotten to 25. We've definitely exceeded the 10 in a custom turbo build and it didn't break, but <laughs> Well, we don't know how far we can go with that thing. Likewise, and that's why we want to play with that limit a little bit until I did have someone with 10 that were very big pages that eventually hung the editor. So I guess that's uh, that's where that uh, benchmark came from. <laughs> the uh, Let's see, we covered dot details. So one of the, the interesting things about Out of the Sandbox is you get a theme updater app that lets you update a uh, any of register and then update any of the, the Out of the Sandbox themes. Uh, t tell me about that thing for people who aren't familiar. Absolutely. So that's my uh, project right now. I'm the product manager for the theme updater app. So that is my uh, bread and butter. <laughs> what the theme updater app does, it takes a lot of these challenges that we've been talking about already as far as content portability, uh, reconfiguring your settings whenever you are updating your theme. It um, addresses a lot of these for you. So what I like to say is the theme updater app takes the updating experience, theme updating on Shopify, which is not a good experience. I will describe it for you right now. If you're looking to update a theme on Shopify, you need to get the new version of the theme, which is free. You either get it from the theme store where you bought it originally, or you get it from your theme provider. Then you install that default theme, and you, in a, in a sense, you've now up completed the update. Unfortunately, your shop doesn't look anything like your previous shop does, and it's totally unconfigured. You need to you start over. Start over. You start from quote unquote scratch whenever you go to update your theme. And that means to go from version 1.1.2 to 1.1.3, you are starting over from scratch. And that is a problem. Uh, that is a problem that merchants on the Shopify platform have been expressing for years and years. As a theme developer, we want to improve our themes. We want our themes to obviously get better. We want to address uh, bugs as they may emerge. We want to add new features. We want to add new settings. And we want you to have those. But to do that, we don't want the message to be, here, you can have all of this stuff if you start over. So that's where we needed to come up with a solution for updating. So what the Theme Updater app does is it takes these steps of the updating process and it makes them automatic. So with the Theme Updater app installed, you can press a button to acquire the most recent version of your theme. 
It will install on your Shopify store. Then the app will take a look at all of your past setting configurations. It will take all of those configurations and copy them over to the appropriate settings in the new version. So you don't need to reconfigure any of your settings. If we're talking about somebody that's using a theme with very, very few customizations or no customizations, potentially no app installations, they're just sort of selling uh, ad hoc, that is a solution that can keep you updated in perpetuity. You have nothing else to worry about if your settings are being mapped onto the new version and the new versions are consistently available. Now, app, let's say I've got some customizations and 40 apps installed. Absolutely. What happens when I run this theme updater, Sean? <laughs> so the app will go that extra step of detecting those customizations. So it will compare your theme, the code of your theme, to the default of the same version. And that way, all of the customizations that you, your developer, or your app installations have made to the code base will be detected. They will, in a sense, pop out. And where the app can copy and merge these changes into the new version, it will. If that merge will cause some kind of conflict, it won't automatically carry those customizations over, but it will provide a report of which templates are going to need your special attention. So something then, to keep in mind is that if you're going through the updating process without the app, you're doing this all from scratch, you're going to need to do all of these steps yourself manually. Using the app, you're at least going to save yourself the time of acquiring the theme. You're at least going to save yourself the time of reconfiguring the theme, and you'll save some of the time of recommitting those customizations. It's that portion that we often have a hard time expressing the value of, especially for people who haven't done a regular update on Shopify before. Really <laughs> yeah, they don't know the pain they're missing. And they think it's the app that is having the trouble with carrying over these customizations, when in reality, even a developer, a real live person who may have committed the customizations originally, would also have a struggle with recommitting these customizations to a new code base. We got to understand that updates that happen to themes could be of any variety and any size, any complexity. Likewise, customizations could be one line of CSS, or it could be an overhaul of the theme.liquid template. And whether or not you can expect a tool to just automatically grab every change you've made to your theme and responsibly recommit it to a new version, that's where we kind of want to stop short and make as many of those changes as we can responsibly. And then for any that do require that special attention, we want to make that a notice for the merchant and for their developer to go ahead and take a look at those templates specifically and apply those customizations manually. So that is the way that we are trying to help people through this required part of theme ownership that causes so much gripe, causes so much, um, so much complaint. Shopify has updates that they require themes to do. Hey, we love those updates. Adding product media this year, adding multi-language and multi-currency. These weren't out of the sandbox pixel union ideas. These were Shopify directives that we received the full instructions for, and we're happy to be able to add that extra value to the theme. But now we're in a situation where everybody who owns the theme presently is looking for those new features. Are they going to start from scratch to get those new features? That seems like a big ask. So to use something like the theme updater app, you're getting those new features in there. You're not needing to reconfigure your theme. And if you do have big customizations, if you do have a lot of app installs, you'll at least surface the information that you need to make transferring those over as easy as possible. That's the theme yeah, updater actually, app. <laughs> it's pretty smooth. Um, but what you should assume is you're going to have to have a developer finish it if you've modified the theme at all. Um, just to save yourself some headache. So essentially what like from 
from personal experience, the app updater goes, hey, this theme's out of date. You want to update it? You say yes. It then duplicates the theme, preserves your settings, preserves all the stuff you've done, uh, and then comes back with a list of it. goes, all right, we updated as much as we could. Here's the templates that you got to do manually. And then you have, um, and then we use what it's called a diff checker, and we compare, all right, new version versus the old version. And then we could see like, oh, okay, well, this is the snippet that it, it tripped on. And then we just copy and paste the new theme. And so trying to do like that full upgrade, you're right, trying to do that, that full theme upgrade and then apply all the customizations and move all the settings back in and all the content. That's like days of work versus this theme update. You know, if you have to do like a handful of manual customizations to preserve them, uh, you know, an, an hour, two hours in like a rough one. So it, it does save a, a dramatic amount of work. You got it. I mean, the, it's um, not 100% as far as one button and all of a sudden you're into the future, but I that's stand the dream. by the time savings, the convenience value, especially to serial entrepreneurs, to repeat offenders, to developers, people who are doing this constantly, that you've got to understand that that's a major economy that we're talking about whenever you start to save days of updating time on a regular basis for a number of clients at once. So uh, yeah, we're very proud of the theme updater app. It's uh, And it's a work in progress as well. We're always looking to make the merging component better, to make it better and more intelligent at being able to reapply those customizations and to really hold your hand through that process. So for where it is needing that special attention to give you as much detail as possible. Uh, Kurt, you mentioned that you run it through a diff checker. Is that in the app or through diffchecker.com kind of thing? I, we were using diffchecker.com. Cool, cool, yeah. So it's a feature of the app as well that we're uh, constantly looking to make a little bit better. A feature of the pro plan is that not only will it report your templates, but it will also highlight the diffs for you to get you uh, one more step in that direction. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Hold up. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. I know I have. There's just a pile of packages in front of my door. I can't even get the front door open. But if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your list, send memorable emails, automate critical messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why more than 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chubby's, Brooklinen, and Keysmart use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less depending on third-party ads. Now, whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started! Visit Klaviyo.com to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com. Talk to him. I'm guessing the answer is no, but is it conceivable that there is a future where somehow it gets smart enough that, I don't know, through, we'll, we'll just, we'll uh, make some hand-wavy claim, like quantum machine learning, I don't know, <laughs> could now suddenly, it's like the Marvel Universe, eh, it's quantum. Is it possible that we, the quantum machine learning update happens in the year 2021, and then it's just one-click automatic upgrade? The way you is describe it, it maybe that another 10 years out, and maybe, but the issue here <laughs> is, again, that the various complexity that I don't know what you mean when you say customization. This could mean that you have taken every template file and modified them to be a completely different theme for all I know. Um, so for 
the app to be able to know what you want to retain out of your customizations versus what you want to have the theme show instead uh, would be more of a absolutely a, a, a psychic machine learning uh, puzzle. But as we look at things like style customizations, if you take all of your CSS customizations and you put them at the bottom of the styles.scss.liquid file, you have a very high success rate of those customizations carrying over to the new version. Um, yeah, to be clear, it does try to carry over theme customizations. And what it, the stuff, I don't know what the, the logic is, but the stuff it does get always surprises me, and the stuff it doesn't get also surprises me. It'll be like a single script include doesn't get moved, but like a complex, like I designed an entirely new div that's foreign to this thing, mm -hmm. that gets moved over. I'm like, what? You got <laughs> like it. I'll take any, if it'll do any work for me, fabulous. But there is, yeah, that doesn't seem to be a ton of rhyme or reason to what it, like what it does and doesn't trip up on. What I can tell you is that any template that you've made entirely unique, where there's no version of it in the theme uh, by default, it will carry over 100% because it's not looking to merge any similar files. Whereas if you have committed a customization to a template file that is being updated during that update, so something has changed about the thumbnail, let's say, but you had previously made a customization to the thumbnail, it will ignore your customization and it will use the new version of the theme. And so a lot of that is based on line numbers. If the code isn't in the same line number position, if it's being, if the code that's being merged needs to go in the middle of some existing code as opposed to above or below or the line numbers oh, have changed, okay. that's where it starts to figure out, you know what, this might cause a conflict if we just jab it in at line 114 kind of thing, as opposed to, oh, hey, here's a template that hasn't changed at all. This customization was previously on line 114. If we put it back on line 114, there won't be a problem. So that's a bit of the logic that it's uh, working on right now. And we're looking to make that uh, better and better. Merge merge technology is always a, always a complicated one. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, not a, an envious task. So how often should I be running this updater? If you ask me, Sean Campbell, <laughs> As soon as an update comes out, I'm obviously a big, uh, big fan of that idea. As often as possible is, of course, my uh, go-to line. But what I do need to recognize is that the number of customizations that you have will impact your updating process. And if updating takes that long of a time and the update from your version to the new version doesn't represent anything that you need, then maybe you can skip that update. So if you're experiencing a bug, that's addressed in the update, update right now. That's the way to address that bug. As opposed to going in and trying to do any troubleshooting, no, use the theme updater app to overwrite your previous version and now have a version that doesn't have that bug. Similarly with a feature, if you're looking for a feature that's included in that update, don't go and start trying to buy custom development work to have product media added to your non-product media theme, just update to the newest version. So it could be based on its substance, bugs and uh, features, or if you're looking to make your updating process as smooth as possible, I think that you should just keep doing it. Just keep updating because if you do have customizations that you need to carry over manually, you'll just get practiced at it. You'll know that like, oh yeah, I can't forget about that thumbnail code I added and you slip it in each time you do that update, you'll be savvy with it. So for yeah, when I hear that question, how often should I update? My question back to you is, is an update available? Because <laughs> go, go and grab it. Um, but for sure, yeah, the it's, more customizations that you have, the more app installs that you have, the more time that is added to your update time. So if an update comes out next week and then another one two weeks later, 
I can absolutely see how that extra time uh, that you spent on the update would be a, a negative. So yeah, keep your eye out on the change log to see if it's stuff that you really want to need if you are uh, conservative with the amount of time that you update. Whereas if you're not, um, I suggest updating as soon as it's available. I totally agree with that approach. I use the I I use the change log approach. I look at the change log and go, that's a feature I want, or that's a bug I didn't know I had. And uh, all right, we'll run the theme updater. And you're also right, like we ran, we did a ton of those theme updates this year because of product media. That's a killer feature. Oh, I could drag and drop videos right into my product. Uh, that's fabulous. And 3D, I mean, I don't, I've got like two clients that run 3D. Um, but native 3D, how cool is that? So yeah, if it's like a killer feature you really want, and it doesn't have to be like the feature that everybody's talking about, it could be the thing you want. Like I got really excited when they added, uh, I should say they, when you added a lock icon to the checkout as an option to, to the proceed to checkout Sean button. Campbell or out of the sandbox? Because that was that was my ingenuity. I won't lie. I got it from PayPal. It was well. I uh, I heard PayPal talk at Pursuit. And they had straight conversion stats. Add a lock icon to your... Wow. And you will have on mobile, on desktop, they had conversion stats for all platforms. And it was up. It's like, it's a no-brainer, no questions asked way to increase conversion. Add a lock icon. And I took that back to Ottawa with me. I'm like, I put that on the backlog right now. <laughs> That's something that, something that we need. And I keep trying to find the PayPal guys too to thank them for the, uh, thank them for the presentation. But it was, uh, it was Lucid's... Uh, night out there, they had popcorn, hot dogs, a few panelists, and I remember it uh, vividly. And just so happy to see, not just to hear it from you, Kurt, but we've had other random notes come in. Thank you for that lock icon on the. Like, okay, <laughs> you know, I, it was one of those things I didn't think I needed or wanted, and then when I saw it in the change log, I don't know something clicked in my brain where I went, "Oh, duh, <laughs> that should be doing that this whole time." And I guess that's how it works from a user confidence perspective as well. It's like, well, is there anything about that? Do they notice the icon? I guess. No, I mean, often like something's happening there. So, I mean, for all they know, it could literally just be like the 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 ASCII for the lock emoji stuck into the label. Um, you know, it doesn't. But fortunately, on Shopify, Shopify is PCI level one compliant, meaning it is extremely secure in processing your credit card Absolutely. data. So the the checkout is or the lock icon is not unwarranted in that case. Uh, let's see. We see the so, trust it, badges thrown around in a similar uh, capacity, but uh, I'd like to think that as we keep going down this e-commerce path, that Shopify will be understood as this trusted checkout. You don't need to plaster your cart page to say, "Don't worry, everything's going to be fine," and we'll have that uh, consumer trust. No, absolutely. As long as we're on the topic of like the change log and features, are there any future features coming down the pipeline I should be looking out for? Some future features coming down the pipeline that you should look out for. What? I Spill the beans, Sean. <laughs> Something we're really excited about is some improvements that we'll be making to the themes that we have on the theme store as well. Um, so we've had a uh, carte blanche to add as many sort of features, settings as we want to our Turbo and Flex themes being off-platform. Well, we're finding a lot more freedom on the theme store as well for adding new features, new settings, things that aren't seen in other uh, theme store themes. So we've done that um, recently with Parallax. Parallax has a nice fresh sort of uh, suite of settings and a bunch of new uh, demo shops. So we've got a lot of great activity happening on the uh, on those theme store themes uh, for those either first day merchants or first few week merchants to get them uh, savvy with the platform and get them comfortable with um, out of the sandbox themes. 
we've had a lot of internationalization happening with the themes across the board, Pixel Union themes and Out of the Sandbox themes, whether it's um, adding more languages supported, adding the multi-currency, multi-language uh, features. We'll probably see, um, this has happened with Pixel Union themes already, and we'll probably see it with Out of the Sandbox theme shortly, the unit pricing that's uh, applicable in particular to uh, French and German Shopify users. It's been a um, instructions that we've had from Shopify for a while, but just trying to figure out how to prioritize it. Um, well, it's one that we hear a lot of requests for. So we'll see unit pricing coming to the themes shortly as well to leverage that uh, built-in Shopify feature. I, oh, there's a couple follow-ups I got there. Number one, you mentioned, oh, we got more flexibility in the theme store. At Unite, two years ago, I I cornered a someone on the themes team at Shopify. I'm like, hey, I got a question for you, right? I'm sure that's what people want to see, me coming at you. Like, ah, I got questions. Uh, and I, I said, hey, what's the deal with, um, uh, the theme store only has, they add very few themes a month. They're extremely selective in their, their theme sure. process. And I was... I was I was picking at this and he said one of the things they're looking to do is for new merchants and early merchants make the process painless. And so if you give them the option to buy a, a theme like Turbo, which my original attraction to Turbo was its tremendous flexibility, well that comes at a cost in that there are so many settings and options and templates that if you're brand new to it it would be it would be intimidating. And so they intentionally were limiting options and themes. You say you're getting more uh, leeway on that now, it sounds like. You got it, Kurt. I mean, you identified the problem being that the theme store is a, it's a piece of marketing for Shopify. It's bringing people onto the platform, and it's one of the first places that they go whenever they uh, become a merchant. So they need to keep the barriers to entry as low as possible. They need to make that stage of the e-commerce process as simple as possible and introducing a huge decision of, well, here are all the theme developers. Here are the themes that they offer. Here are the settings and the features that they have is daunting, absolutely, for a, um, a new merchant. The reaction to that, though, what you, how you uh, interact with the, with the theme partners based on that um, doesn't necessarily need to be as, as draconian, the word, or as strict as it, um, in a sense, has been. So what we're seeing is that the uh, free themes are absolutely... Um, marketed their front and center they're looking great on the theme store and they're presented as a um a totally viable option then the paid themes on the theme store we they do start to want to have some differentiation between them they want to have people picking one over the other and popularity rankings will sort of come out of this this is something that uh, that happens with it so what i think that what i'm the feeling that i'm getting from it is that it's a bit of course correction to instead of tell uh theme developers no, you can't add this new feature or this new feature is not going to make it onto the theme store. Instead, they're saying, let's have a conversation about it. Present us the feature. Let us know what it's going to look like. How's this going to go? And just with the fluidity and the conversations we're having with our theme partners, those things are being greenlit. They're getting the check marks that they weren't getting in the past. And I think that they're re realizing that the variety on the theme store comes from theme developers innovating. And from us rolling with the ideas that we have and not necessarily because what theme developers were doing, they weren't even presenting the options. They weren't even coming up with the ideas under the guise that, oh, Shopify is going to say no anyway. So let's not go down this path. Well, that gate has opened up to say, well, no, let's at least explore it, at least talk to us about it. And we'll see if this is something that makes sense for uh, for the theme store. And we're getting way more green lights than we were uh, 
than we were previously. So looking forward to having the theme store themes a little bit more differentiated from each other and start to be able to talk about them uniquely. Why is Mobilia more appropriate for a particular type of merchant than, than Parallaxes? What makes these uh, different? And if we're working under theme parity and trying to make themes as consistent as possible, that question becomes harder and harder to answer. So now to have that extra flexibility to add more features, we'll be able to have that differentiation and have those themes a little bit more unique to have them uh, live on their own. It sounds like in the past, the answer was hard no. And now they're saying, okay, pitch us, sell us on in it. Sense, and if you make a compelling case for it, they go, okay, yeah, okay. It was almost don't even ask. <laughs> <laughs> you should have known that we've said no enough times that don't put the effort into it. And that's where a lot of turbo and flex ingenuity has come from. Stuff that is not allowed on the theme store, or not historically allowed on the theme store. Well, let's go ahead and add it to are off-platform themes, they're not under these requirements, and then they become crazy popular. So I'm not sure exactly what that's uh, what that's saying, but we are happy to work within the guidelines that are on the theme store, but we're also happy to have those guidelines loosen up a little bit, especially when it comes to improving the product. That's really what the uh, outcome ends up being. No, absolutely. So let's say I'm cruising the theme store. When I, if I'm a merchant and I'm I'm looking for a new theme, I'm considering a new theme. Do you have any um, any tips, any like critical questions or must-haves? How do I uh, how do I audition a theme? You know, like I could test drive a car and say and read reviews when I'm car shopping. What's the the car shopping approach for themes? That's a uh, that's a good question because I mean it's a great analogy. I use the car analogy so often, um, the car being the theme and the spoiler being all of the apps that you add to it. And then the holes in your trunk are somehow my responsibility. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. Sorry, you got my hot take there, Kurt. Um, what really I good. gotta say is that even when you're going to go buy that new car, how fast it goes is one thing, but for you to want that car, for you to be inspired by that car, to love that car, that's almost that base level thing like you want to that inspiration is really what you want to land on and to go to the theme store to look for inspiration sure that's one thing but what i'd suggest is maybe even looking at your own internet history where have you been shopping recently how is your shopping experience on that store really personalize it to say how do you want to use this how do you want the user experience to be designed for your product for your uh, particular offering then go to the theme store, like take a, try to get in your mind's eye how you want this to look, then get into the theme store to take a look at the layouts and the feature sets of these themes. One thing that is very uh, biasing or very, um, that sets your decisions one way or another on the theme store is the types of products that you see in the various demos. And that's something that you almost want to become blinded to that tr to try to picture your own product in that layout, even if you sell shoes and the demo is showing books, that is the the products I don't want to say are inconsequential, but a theme will absolutely be configured to suit your products and to tell your product story. But I have seen every variety of products sold on Turbo. I have seen um, superconductors <laughs> sold. I have seen uh, screws sold on. The, the, the theme itself is not opinionated to what the product um, that's sold on it would be. Potentially the catalog size, that's something that we see more often that people with a lot of SKUs end up wanting a theme that has a really good search feature, great navigation, good ways of finding a single product out of a haystack of products. 
So when we look at catalog size, that's more of a definer than what the actual product is. So get inspired, get on the theme store, erase the products from your vision there and start to mentally put your own products in and to see how close can I get to the, the vision of the site I have in my mind's eye to the demos that the theme store is showing off here. If it's your first day on the platform, if it's your first time doing this, that is already going to get you a good sense of the way there. High quality product photography is obviously the next big hurdle. And as a themes guy, I have no advice for you there other than get it. Um, and then that's, uh, that's pretty much where you're at before looking at the feature set. Uh, the feature set is the, the, the features, the settings that are built into the theme itself. And that is going to be based on the unique needs of your user experience, of the user experience that you provide. Do you need some kind of countdown timer? Do you need a special way of showing sales over here? Do you need a special way of suggesting a product on the cart page whenever they're getting uh, uh, proceeding through the store? If these are all things that you need, you're going to have to check out, does that theme have that built in? Or is that something that I'm going to need app functionality for? And that's another great guide while you're making these theme decisions. If you had previously been using a bunch of apps with your former theme, and you take a look at a new theme that actually has these features built in, then it could be a good cost savings for you to go with the theme with that built-in feature, as opposed to paying a monthly fee on an app if you can sort of take the compromise that it might be in the specificity of that, of that function. So... Oh, absolutely. Yeah, if you could dodge using an app, absolutely do it because you're, the, the theme is going to be more performant, more reliable, and you're going to have less um, fewer subscription costs with it. And it's, it, it should be easier updating if that is an option. It'll look right, too, um, without any forethought. You don't necessarily need to get right. into the styles with it. A good example there is our cart, uh, the cart page featured product. And so what that is, it's just a setting for you to pick a product that is shown on your cart page, sort of a last chance to add a product to the cart before you proceed to your checkout. But you're just- It's a built-in cross In a sense. The thing is, is that you're just picking one product through the settings. Whereas if you wanted something that was going to intelligently suggest a product based on the contents of your cart, that's whenever you need to start to look at app functionality, an app that is specifically doing a cart page cross-sell so that you've got all the if... options in the world to configure that the way that you want. But if you're willing to take a compromise on that and just present a, to, to sort of do a um, layman's version of that advanced functionality, that could be built into the theme. And those are the types of easy wins that we look for when we add new features to Turbo and we add new features to Flex. And let's say I've settled on a theme. Once I've got a theme in mind, I go, all right, this is the one I want this. This is going to make my store better. Is there, are there any best practices that is going to make upgrading um, or you know, switching to a new theme easier? Absolutely. I've got a few suggestions here, and they're things that don't necessarily come to mind at the time. So if you can have my words echo in your head for when this comes up for you, that's the uh, way to do it. But you're going to want to keep track of the reasons for code customizations along with the customization. So not just, oh, I had I hired Kurt to add this line of CSS to my style sheet. I need to make sure to reapply that style to the new theme. It's like, well, first, why did you do that? Because maybe that's something that's already automatic in the new version. You might not need to carry over that customization, but you want to keep track of the reasons that you're making a customization and then what the technical customization is. If you've got a text document for that, if you've got somewhere that you can keep that 
you'll be uh, a step ahead when it comes to uh, switching themes or um, upgrading a theme. Same with apps. Keep a good list of your apps. If you can do the best you can to make a note on how the installation went, if you had any uh, weird problems come up with installation, because that problem may come up again whenever you're going to uh, repeat it in a, a new theme. Um, something that I do want to keep in mind is the if you had something like a dot details template, if let's say you're switching themes and you were previously an out of the sandbox theme user and you had this robust page configured with a dot details template, and now you're switching to another brand of theme. Well, that brand of theme will not have that template and that special configuration will in a sense be lost. And you'll need to find some other way of presenting that type of content in the, uh, in the new theme. So we talk about customizations, app installs, and then anything that is leveraging a special template. Those are things that you're gonna to wanna to keep in mind and keep a good eye on as you um, transfer to a new theme so that all of that can be repeated as uh, easily as possible. 100%. And as we, we get to the end of our time together, right now, are you? I've heard that people are experiencing record levels of support inquiries. Are you experiencing yes. this? And with the, the e-commerce boom has led to this, like, what I've heard uh, two separate people describe as 2019 Black Friday levels of support, except all summer long. So clearly that, no, that's no. got to be taxing. So it's, uh, it's a two-sided sword. <laughs> One side is a good, good yes. side, yeah. <laughs> With knowing that now, if I'm a, a merchant reaching out for support, is there anything, in, in, not necessarily for out of the sandbox, just like in general, is there anything I can do to expedite my support ticket? Like any, you know, how I describe my problem in like in the, the process of actually submitting it. Absolutely. So we've got, um, if you're submitting through say one of our forms, we try to ask for this information up front. but if you're submitting an email to any theme support department to let them know what theme you're using, often it might be inconsequential to you. You don't know that that theme developer might have four or five other titles, uh, for you to just mention the title and version of your theme would be great. The URL absolutely include that. Um, if it's something that will require further investigation, we'll need to get into a collaborator account or a staff invite. Some support departments say, just go ahead and send it, send it, send that, uh, invite or that request with the, with the ticket. Um, maybe correspond with them once before you do that for the, uh, for the, for, for the first time, but that doesn't, yeah, save, that one seems a little sketchy. It does save a whole step of correspondence though. And if we're talking about a queue of hundreds right. of tickets, so you don't have to wait for that one to come back up to the top for you to get into that investigation. You can jump in and see the, uh, see the code right away. But that again, it depends also on the scope of the support that that theme developer uh, happens to be offering. A lot of theme support is specific to the built-in features and settings. And as soon as you get into questions about how to add, customizations to the code, you're sort of getting out of that scope and you start getting into questions that you're going to want to run by a developer or a uh, agency. So best practices for submitting a support request, provide us all of the technical information that you can. Um, try to stay as cal calm as possible and be nice to us. That goes a long way. Yeah, oh way. my gosh. Don't be and rude. If you have submitted a request and especially if you've received an autoresponder to say that the request is received, um, we definitely suggest awaiting the reply ahead of resubmitting a request. There are various uh, tools that people use that um, could potentially reset the time on a ticket if you uh, resubmit a question. And if they are addressing the oldest tickets first, you've unfortunately just put yourself to the back of the line. So there's some support departments that don't have processes in place to deal with a uh, 
you know, double replied ticket. And that is uh, something I've heard from a number of support departments in the past where the angriest customer will end up, unfortunately, being the last one helped because they keep pushing themselves to the back of the line. That's uh, unfortunate. Oh, <laughs> just like with the follow ups. You got it. Oh, because it's resetting the time on the ticket each time that a new one comes in. And the logic on your support platform is usually going to be oldest ticket to the top. And so then they've just made their ticket the newest um, by replying to themselves before you reply. Um, So we always look for ways (laughs) of catching these things, catching the things that fall through the gaps. But um, if you're asking about how, you know, how support departments actually prioritize tickets and go through them, if they're dealing with um, oldest tickets first, then I will raise a flag that you might be timestamping your ticket by double replying. Where can people go to learn more about Out of the Sandbox? Outofthesandbox.com is our home base. Head on over there. You can get yourself a copy of Flex. You can get yourself a copy of Turbo. All of our marketplace themes, the theme store themes, are also sold on our site. You can get all the information and demos there as well. There's some information about the Theme Updater app there as well. You can search for the Theme Updater app on the App Store for more information on it. Pixelunion.net. There's a shout out for our Pixel Union themes as well. What else do I have for you? We've got our Merchant Collective, which is accessible through outofthesandbox.com and pixelunion.net. And that is a place for you to go and show off, to start to talk to other merchants and get together in that that community that started up just since the uh, shutdown here. So it is in uh, in progress, in development. It is live, um, but uh, we're looking to have more and more people involved in that uh, Merchant Collective. And... um, I believe there's a discount code. I'm not sure. Do you run an ad at the end of, the, the end of this? Kurt20 is the, <laughs> you can use Kurt20 and it's in the show notes. K-U-R-T-2-0. We'll get you 20% off. off. Applies to Flex and Turbo. Uh, we can't discount the theme store themes, uh, but Flex and Turbo absolutely go and uh, get yourself some money off on either of those uh, titles. And as you progress through the checkout, you can go ahead and get an annual sub for the theme updater app that includes priority support. Uh, so you can get your ticket advanced to the top of the queue by submitting it through a special form in the theme updater app. So oh, we- I didn't know that. Yeah, so we're looking to open up that priority support feature for all pro plan users for any incoming note that they happen to send. But for right now, pro plan users who go through the app, you will find a priority support link in the actions menu of any theme that's on the uh, on the theme updater app. And if you submit your support request through that uh, modal, it will be marked with a priority and uh, jump the queue. So it will be the first to be addressed um, out of those tickets. So we'll look to provide more and more priority support as uh, time goes on as well. But that's currently available as a feature of the theme updater app. I actually, I learned a lot. There's several things I did not know uh, about, about out of the sandbox, about Shopify themes. So it was, it was good advice. I'm glad we did this. If I can teach Kurt something, that's a huge success. I'm hap- happy to have been here. Uh, where can people go to learn more about you? Maybe out of the sandbox.com is the best place to go <laughs> for that as well. Leave Sean alone. You go my themes. And you know what? I'll uh, dox myself here. You can get in touch with me directly. Sean at out of the sandbox.com. If you had any questions about stuff that I talked about on the podcast here, if it is for technical help with your theme, I do suggest going in through our contact portal or going in through support at out of the sandbox.com just so you have the full support team at your disposal and not just uh, me. And I'm not necessarily the most technically sound and I'm only one man. So absolutely, if you have any questions about stuff I talked about on the podcast here, get in touch. Sean, S-E-A-N, at outofthesandbox.com. I'll be happy to hear from you.
Sean, thank you so much. Thank you, Kurt. Always a pleasure. If you've ever updated your Shopify theme, you know how time-consuming it can be, especially if you have to migrate customizations like app installs or language edits. Fortunately, there's a better way. The folks at Out of the Sandbox built a tool that makes updating your theme faster and significantly easier. It's called the Theme Updater app. With it, you can update your Out of the Sandbox or Pixel Union theme with the click of a button without losing any of your old settings, customizations, or app installations. You'll get email notifications whenever a new version of your theme is available. And with the Pro Plan option, you can enjoy access to priority theme support, retain custom language edits, and view template customizations to accelerate your theme updates. Start updating your theme today. Go to outofthesandbox.com unofficial to see the theme updater in action. And best of all, if you purchase Flex or Turbo using the code KURT20, you'll save 20% and get a year of access to the theme updater absolutely free. That's right. Save 20% and get one year of updates and upgrades for free. That's code KURT20 for 20% off Flex or Turbo and one year free of the Theme Updater app. Never miss out on another theme update again. If you'd like to help us spread the joy of entrepreneurship, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. If you're listening on a smartphone, tap or swipe up over the cover art of this podcast. You'll find some episode notes, including links to sites we discussed, and maybe some details you missed. You'll also find offers from our sponsors, so please support our show by supporting them. And thank you. The unofficial Shopify podcast was recorded and hosted by me, Kurt Elster, produced by my business partner, Paul Rita, for our Shopify partner agency, EtherCycle. Check us out at EtherCycle.com. Thanks for listening.